0: Trusting as the days go by, Trusting Him whatever, we Trusting Jesus that is all.
1: Just a uh, quick word of encouragement. Um, Um, A week from now, many things will probably have happened, but we know the Word of God stays the same, right? We know God's person does not change, and a, a verse that's really been speaking to my heart this week is from Isaiah chapter 26, and Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Just pause and think about that. With just everything that we've been hearing, everything that our minds and hearts have been processing, um, all the uncertainties, the unknowns, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. It's kind of led the, the song selections and that's kind of led some of the, the motives behind um, putting these recordings together. Right? We just want to, collectively as the body of Christ, keep our mind stayed on God. God who's on the throne, God who's in control, um, God who's already gone on before us, God who's promised his return. Let's just take a moment to pray and uh, just give thanks. Dearly, Father, Lord, we do thank you just for this time, Lord, and um, it is a time of uncertainty, it is a time, Lord, of many questions, and we just think of just how fortunate we are that we are in this place where we, we are open your word and, and, and we know your promises, and, and right now we're just clinging to those promises. Lord, I pray that you would just be with the leaders of our countries during this time. Lord, I pray that you would just ground them, Lord. I pray that you're with the believers around them, help them to be, to be just bold, in speaking truth, directing attention to yourself in and through these these days and the days ahead. Lord, I think of our churches, Lord, and just the decisions that are being made and, and Lord as they as they're very very careful Lord and we thank you for the, the decisions that are being made. Lord, we just pray for, for guidance and wisdom and, and we do pray for our church families. Lord, life. Life still continues uh, in and through some of these uncertainties, Lord. And I pray that you would put a hedge of protection physically around our our loved ones. Lord, you would just strengthen immune systems. Lord, you would just strengthen and and just prepare us, Lord, for, for what's taking place. But I also pray spiritually. I pray that we're taking advantage of this time of being still. Lord, I pray that we're taking advantage of of the time with family. Lord, I t- pray that your word is open and we're we're not just allowing this to happen, Lord. We're we're stepping up to the plate and we're allowing ourselves to be drawn closer to you and to be used by you. Lord, I pray that that every generation will see our testimony. Lord, and if you do Terry, Lord, I pray that they'll look back on on the 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 happenings, the events of 2020. And they'll remember a light that shone so clear, Lord, shone so bright, Lord, that it'll never be forgotten. Lord, help us to just be strengthened and pointing towards you. And we just pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Okay. We're going to sing another couple songs, and uh, then we'll just have a, um, and again, a, a preacher, when he says a brief message, he's always fibbing. I won't say lying, but uh, anyway. Join us in singing Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus.
0: Stand up, stand up for
1: 9 in your hymn book if yes you... like going deep in our hymn books for hope (laughs) during uncertainties, it truly, truly is. Well, at this time, um, we're good to go. How many minutes do we got, Edward? We're being sensitive to the battery on the camera. 35? Okay, well, we better get moving here then, shouldn't we? Um, take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, John chapter 6. It's been a uh, couple, couple weeks with some of the, the different um, leadings and, and what have you, but we're going to have a little bit of review. But this is the, the I am the bread of life discourse that the Apostle John is giving us, John chapter 6. Um, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And when we think about what we're facing today and when we think about um, what the world is going to be looking for here, um, if not in the imminence of what's going on, the world's going to be hungering for something, right? And if there's ever a day and age where we need to understand that um, the answer is the Son of God, it's today. Um, He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. And we know that's not talking about physical water. Uh, we know that's talking about spiritual life, that, that, that thirsting, that looking for answers, that looking for solutions uh, to what the world um, can't necessarily provide. right? So let's uh, just open up in a word of prayer and uh, we'll just enjoy our study together. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time. I thank you for, for those that are, are just, just spending some time with us here this morning. Just pray that you would just open our, well, still our minds and open our hearts to, to what it is that you have us uh, have for us this morning. I pray that you would just be able to use me, Lord, and that I would just be able to speak your words, Lord. I pray that this passage of Scripture will just come alive, Lord, that we will turn to it through the week. We will draw our hope from the source of life, and uh, we'll just allow you to speak, Lord, we would just allow you to speak. And I just pray these things in your precious name. Amen. So John chapter 6, if there was ever a time where we could begin to understand what Jesus is saying to his fellow countrymen, it is today. Here we have in John chapter 6 this discourse, which just means a teaching. We have Jesus standing in a synagogue. I've been calling this the the synagogue scenario, okay? And we know that because in John chapter 6, verse 59, it says, these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum, right? So here we have Jesus standing in the synagogue. This is following the feeding of the 5,000. We know with the women and children it was closer to 10 um, Jesus sent the multitudes away. This is following Jesus walking on water, and we see Jesus standing now in the synagogue, and he's surrounded by two groups of people. The first group we looked at last week, and this is the group of the inner disciples, right? Men, men, and I'm sure there, there, there were women involved, but there were the men who were discovering who the Son of God is is and if we were to pause for a second and just just relate with that discovering who the son of god is doesn't just happen instantaneously at salvation does it when we think of the the process of salvation of of hearing the word of god the spirit moving in our hearts right understanding that we're sinners Right, understanding that, that we're all sinners, understanding that the Lord Jesus Christ came with a specific purpose to die on the cross for our sins. When we ask for forgiveness of those sins, we place our faith in Christ, we ask Him to help us live our life for Him. We know, those that have made that decision, we know that we have a lifetime of discovering who the Son of God is. Right? There's a beginning, but we have a lifetime. We have a, a lifetime of, of, of learning. We have a lifetime of, of reading the Scriptures and gleaning. We have a lifetime of learning how to tremble before He is. But here we have the inner, inner circle of disciples. And Jesus had been very specific. And again, you can only imagine as they're tagging along behind Him. Jesus, in John chapter 5, standing before the Sanhedrin, standing before the, the political leaders of Israel, right, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These, this inner circle had just finished listening to Jesus explain that he is the Son of God. In John chapter 5, this, this inner circle of disciples had just finished hearing. Jesus explained to them that the Son of God does the will of the Father. Which makes us bring attention to, the, the, to every work, everything that Jesus does in the Gospels that we read are the works of God, God who's on the throne. Jesus wasn't acting independently; he was doing the will of the Father. Jesus had been explaining that he had the power over life. If I can read a, a verse for you in John chapter five, verse twenty-four, it says, "Most assuredly, I say to you," Jesus speaking. He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. That's the words of the Son of God. Believes that God sent him has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. This inner circle, discovering who the Son of God is, we're realizing that Jesus... Jesus had been sent by God. Jesus was the the Son of God. He had the power over life. We also realize, if you were to read further in John chapter 5, he was explaining to them that he is the judge. Jesus is the judge. All men will stand before him one day. Believers to, to, to give our, our crowns back to Him. And, and for, for those that do not place their faith in Christ, the great white throne judgments. And we know that there's a, an eternal hell at that point. Jesus is the judge. This, our inner disciples are, are discovering that. Verses 26-28 to 28 also explains that Jesus will lead the rapture. Right? And if there's a, a time there where, the, where we need to understand that the, the Lord will descend with a shout. Jesus leads that rapture, 1 Thessalonians 4. The Lord will descend with a shout, the voice of an archangel, and the trumpet of the Lord will, will sound. He explains to the Sanhedrin that the graves will be opened. Right? He explains to them that He is the one that, that leads the rapture, and that's something that, that this inner this circle of disciples is processing. Come ahead to John chapter 6. These men had just watched Jesus walk on water. These men had just watched Jesus command creation. That's something that only God can do. These men were discovering who the Son of God is. I invite you to, to read with me And this is what we looked at last week, verse 26 and 27 of John chapter 6. It says, And Jesus answered them, them being some of the multitude that had been fed in the feeding of the 5,000, some of the the multitude that were looking for, for another miracle, looking for another experience of Jesus. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the sign, Not because you're looking for the Son of God, the one that God has sent. You seek me, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man... I invite you to just underline that. That's a significant title here. Which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set His seal on Him. Last week, we looked at, at, at two groups, and more so the one group that, 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 that heard that, that title, Son of Man, and they started thinking back, back maybe what we would call their Sunday school years, back through their scriptures, and then all of a sudden, it starts dawning on them, Son of Man, that is the, the title, title for, for the Messiah title for the coming messianic king that's coming, Daniel chapter 7. And then we're into some really interesting prophetic scriptures. I invite you to turn there with me. Daniel chapter 7. And as we race against the battery, sword drills always were coming handy. You know, sword drills where you put your hand up first one there. I vaguely remember those, but uh, some, some may, but as these the inner disciples the inner circle of disciples hear Jesus uh, tell them endure for the food which endures for everlasting life which the son of man will give you that son of man title brings them back to what Daniel saw back in captivity and Daniel chapter 7 verse 13 says i was watching in the night visions and behold what does he see one like the son of man <laughs> Where is He coming from? Coming in the clouds, with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient days, and they brought Him near before Him. Where is Jesus coming from? From heaven. Who is He coming before? God. Ancient of days. God on His throne. Just an interesting study, and again, we looked at this this last week a little bit, six times in John chapter 6, this discourse, six times, Jesus says, I am God's Son, or God is my Father. Six times in those 32 verses, He says that God has sent me. <laughs> sent me. Six times in those 32 verses, it says there that, that He has been sent from heaven. And I invite you to count those. Right? Right? The the disciples were discovering who the Son of God is. The Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days. They brought Him near before Him. Verse 14, Then to Him, beginning to understand, Jesus standing before them, then to Him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and His kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Think with me what's going through the inner circle, those disciples' lives right at that moment. This faithful remnant is being moved to a faith in the Son of God. And I want us to pause and get that title through son of God not in a man's Jesus not in a a Jesus that that somehow we've created so that we can understand not in a, a man's Jesus where we can kind of put him in place where he works no the son of God Jesus the disciples were discovering who he is and that faith that faith when we we are moved to that place of understanding that he is the son of God second person of the Trinity, the one sent from heaven with the sole purpose of dying for our sins so that we can have a relationship with God the Father. When we come to that place of faith in the Son of God, that is what moves mountains. When we come to that place, right? that mooring, that chief cornerstone, that is, that is what, what, what moves mountains, that is what stands up during sufferings. That faith that Jesus is the Son of God on the throne, that faith that he is he is the second person, the Godhead, when we are moved in our faith to him being the Son of God, that's what stands up and leads us through crisis right and if there's ever a time that we need to understand that that Jesus isn't a man Jesus, Jesus isn't a, a Jesus that that we can we can Understand fully, he's not someone there that, that we can contain. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus, that is what's going to lead us through the days ahead. If we think to the context of the Gospel of John, John is writing to an early church. This early church is being attacked by heresy. This early church is being being just plagued with persecution and 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 being oppressed and and rights and that civil and everything. And John chapter 20, verse 31, is the very reason why John writes this Gospel. John 20, verse 31. These things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. That's not talking about physical life. That's talking about spiritual life. Can you picture the disciples beginning to discover that? I mean, here I am at 35. I'm just beginning to discover that, and that is so exciting, right? And I know this is a lifetime as the Lord tarries, but but that's what we need right now. That that is the faith that we need to see. But there was another group. There was another group. We have a faithful remnant, and there was another group, and this was a much larger group, and we're back in John chapter 6 here. This other group had been bringing the sick, to Jesus for some time now. Right? Jesus ministered for, for three and a half years. Right, And, and we know Jesus has been ministering on the earth for a little while now. They'd been bringing Jesus, the sick, the diseased, the demon-possessed for some time now. They understood that Jesus was good. They understood that Jesus was compassionate they understood that Jesus had the spiritual power to heal. Like they understood that. They wouldn't have been bringing their, their loved ones and the, the needs before Jesus. They understood this, but they missed why Jesus was healing. They missed why Jesus fed them. They missed why, why Jesus was doing, doing the Father's will, because John chapter five, verse 36 explains to us that the purpose why Jesus did these signs and wonders, the very works, John five thirty six, the very works that I do bear witness of me and that the Father has sent me. As Jesus worked miracles, as Jesus raised the dead, as Jesus um, healed the sick, as He fed, He did those things to bear witness that He is the Son of God and that God had sent Him. This group didn't understand that. This group, this group couldn't understand that. Which leads us to the conclusion, and, and, and it's it just the only conclusion we have, that as they brought their needy, their sick, their diseased, they, they knew he was a good teacher, they knew he was compassionate, they knew he was love and mercy, and he had the power to heal, but they did not know that he was the Son of God. And if they did not know that He was the Son of God, then they did not believe that He was the Son of God. Right? And, and when you chase that thought, or you, you carry that thought through, if you don't believe that He's the Son of God, then you don't have faith in it. And when you don't have faith in Him being the Son of God, you do not have a saving faith. Right? When you do not have faith in the Son of God, you do not have a lasting faith. When you don't have faith in the Son of God, you do not have a steadfast faith. right? And we see that in John chapter 6, verse 66. Let me read that for you. Where it says, Jesus gives them something a little bit harder to understand from the truth. Jesus gives them something a little bit further that they had to step out in faith. Something that they, they couldn't reason in their minds. They had to go a little bit further to make that faith settle in. And verse 66 says... From that time, many of His disciples went back and walked with Him no more. Faith in the Son of God. That is the faith that moves mountains. That is the the faith that, that stands up through suffering. That is the faith that rises up and carries us through crisis. Jesus explains here in verse 26 and 27 that they are looking for the wrong things, this group. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek Me not because you saw the signs, they weren't looking for the Son of God, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. They were looking for that experience. Jesus explains to them that they are looking for the wrong thing. Jesus explains to them that they are looking for the wrong solution. More healing was not the answer for what they needed. More physical bread was not why Jesus had come. Verse 27, Do not labor for the food which perishes, that will end, that will stop. Don't don't work, don't don't look, don't spend your life chasing that, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. Jesus explains to them that they had the wrong mindset. Jesus' main priority as the Son of God coming to this earth was not health. It was not the loaves. It was not wealth. It, it wasn't comfort. That was not His main priority. It was for the things that endure to everlasting life. Right? It was for the things, for the kingdom. These people had to understand. And, and, and please see that in the text here. Stop laboring for what perishes. These people had to understand that this life has fallen. Ever since the garden... Ever since the first Satan's lie and, and even Adam participated in that, this world is tainted by sin. These people standing before Jesus had to understand that this world is fallen. This life was crumbling for these people even as Jesus spoke. Jerusalem was to fall. And when I say fall, I mean the, the, the streets were to run red with blood. Right, the, the, the nation of Israel was to crumble. They had to understand that, that, that their life was crumbling around them. They had to be reminded that this life ends. This life ends. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set His seal on Him. That's resonating with my heart this morning hear this. There's food that perishes, but there's food that endures to everlasting life. This morning, if you've placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your relationship with God through Christ is everlasting. It, it, it endures. And I, I'm going to try not to get on a rabbit trail with that, but that enduring to everlasting life, it endures through whatever it is you're facing. Your relationship with Christ is secure. It, it, it's... It's, it's, it's everlasting. It continues on forever. That is what endures. Your worship of God now, through whatever it is that you're facing, your worship of God now is, is everlasting. Right? God, you're coming before the eternal God. We are supposed to be doing what now, what we will be doing then as we reach glory. No matter what we're facing. Your worship now is to continue. For eternity, your praise, your prayer that we need so desperately right now, your faith, your obedience, these are things that you are commanded to do now, and these things we will continue for eternity in God's presence. Are we seeing that now? And we can get caught up in the temporary. We can get caught up in the distractions and forget that that we're called to a specific purpose now. And that is laboring for the food, which endures everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. The sad thing is, as we continue in this narrative, this group didn't understand that. This group pursuing Jesus. Read with me in verse 28. um, In the midst, I mean, had they not come to the synagogue looking for Jesus? Is that not the right thing to do? Had they not, been, had they not gone looking for Him? They, they use the term in verse 25, Rabbi, which is a personal term. They were looking for Jesus. Is that not it? But somehow they miss the point. In verse 28, they said to Him, said to Jesus, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? You can't do your way into faith. You can't do your way into believing that Jesus is the Son of God. It does not work that way. Notice Jesus' response. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in Him whom He sent. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe the, the, the purpose He came to die on the cross and provide life. But these people lived in a day and age where being in the right relationship with God meant doing. It centered around practice. It centered around looking a certain way, doing, doing certain things to do with their religious practices. It centered around saying the right prayers, singing the right songs. What may we do? What, what more can we do? It centered around putting money in the tithe box. These people needed to be moved from the doing or the practice to faith in the Son of God. There's no other way to have a relationship with the Father. No other way. But it was their choice. And that's where we get quiet. Because many people today are not making that choice. Many people today think doing, what may we do? What can we do? I mean, we hear that a lot today. It's not about doing. It's about believing. The doing comes afterwards. You need to believe. Learn how to believe in Christ, the Christ of the Scriptures. Discover who He is first. They asked, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Is there anything wrong with hearing Jesus speak and wanting to do for Him? No, of course not. I mean, that's great. Is there anything wrong with seeking, looking, and finding Jesus? And when you find Him, asking, Jesus, what do you want me to do? No, there's not. But there's two problems that arise for this group. And especially if I can, and this has really grabbed me this week, especially when they're standing face to face with the Son of God, who, who not only sees your physical appearance, but He sees your heart. Can you picture that dawning on them? Jesus is seeing through your exterior to, to, to what's going on in your heart. And there's two, two problems arise for this group that's not understanding. And the first problem is that Jesus knows when something's missing in your relationship with God. Jesus knows, right? And if we, were, if we were just to come to that place understanding that there... And maybe this is just me kind of categorizing it, so forgive me for that. When it comes to your relationship with God, it's either awesome, right? You're walking in the Spirit, your devotions, you're spending time in the Word, I, you, you, the music is just speaking to you, you're, you're in that intimate relationship, and you're just living for Jesus. Your, your relationship with God is either awesome kind of quiet yourself a bit and realize something's missing? I mean, there is nowhere in the Bible where I read there where your relationship with God is supposed to feel empty. Nowhere in the Bible. Right? So your relationship with God is either uh, awesome or, or it's empty. There's something wrong. 1 John chapter 1 is the place to turn for that. It's called broken fellowship. First John 1 John 1.9 says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what restores us. But your relationship with God is either awesome, it's either something's missing or something's hindering that, or it's non-existent. It's one of those three categories, and we can only answer that ourselves. So as these people, they don't understand who Jesus, the Son of God, is, and they're in this place, and they're beginning... Jesus is seeing right through them, and Jesus knows when something is missing from your relationship with God these people had a second problem that Jesus knows when you don't really know who He is. Right? You can't fake your way when you're standing before the Son of God. You can't say, uh, you know, oh yeah, I believe. You, you can't use, I think the word's jargon. You can't, can't just get in with the terms and go with the flow when you're standing before the Son of God. He knows. He knows whether you know Him personally. He knows whether you truly believe. He knows if you understand what he's trying to say. Because if you don't understand his teachings and you're not pursuing that, I'm afraid that there is something drastically missing in your life. You're trying to do. You're asking the same question that they are. What may we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus is saying, no, this morning, believe. Believe in him who he has sent. Because if you don't, you don't know what your faith is built on you don't know what's going to lead you through whatever it is you're facing, if you don't know the Son of God, if you don't know what He's trying to show you, and, and you're not pursuing, discovering who He is as the Son of God, if you leave it as a program, or problem, then you're going to find yourself trying to compensate that, trying to do, trying to give more, trying to participate more. Trying, try. But what happens when you can no longer do? Right? What happens when we can no longer meet? What happens when we can no longer congregate? What happens? Our faith. Our faith is supposed to, to rise up. Our faith in the Son of God is supposed to, to, to stand up during a crisis. Or, or, or expand sufferings. Our faith is supposed to be revealed. You can't do your way into faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17, and I want that verse just to, just to speak this morning. This group of people, not understanding who the Son of God is, they were worried about de- doing. I'm worried about faith this morning. Jesus was worried about faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. This morning, even with what we're facing and, and, and some of the things that, that are ahead of us, you need good Bible preaching. Right, you need it. These people didn't realize it, but they're in the synagogue and they're getting the best teacher, best preacher of their lives. And Jesus is saying, don't worry about doing. You need to start believing. Start believing. Start listening and start believing. This is the work of God that you believe in Him whom He sent. You need good Bible preaching. You need good Bible teaching. Right? There's lots of, of, of good programs. There's lots of good resources. I have lots of books. I'd, I'd love to lend them out during this time. But faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Don't reach out for something else. Don't reach out for, for man's wisdom. Don't reach out for man's answers, man's solutions. No, the, the work of God is to believe in Him whom He sends. You need study, personal study, personal meditation. If there's ever a time that you need to, to really focus on starting or, or continuing or, or reviving spiritual disciplines it's now without these things we don't find ourselves doing for Christ anyhow right we don't find ourselves being led in that anyhow jesus and we'll ramp this up jesus they wanted to do something more right what may we do and jesus just wanted them to do what they were supposed to be doing in the first place deuteronomy chapter 6 and i'm sorry i have to rush this But Deuteronomy chapter 6, of familiar, the the Shema prayer, Um, quite often when our relationship isn't right with God, we want to do more when we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. And just let me follow this. Read it real quickly. John chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. These people wanted to do more. What's so important about this passage? Uh, the Lord, Hero, Hero Israel, the Lord God, the Lord is one. The most important part is realizing that when you saw God's hand at work, you knew the Godhead was working. Right? The Trinity was at work. As they listened to, to Jesus speaking and teaching... They had to understand that the God had Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit was at work before them. And really, when our faith becomes settled in the person of a God, our great big God, the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Who's your faith in? How big is your God this week? What, what, what are you grounding your faith on? And once you, you have that settled in your heart, then you're supposed to teach your children. And if I can emphasize that in this, this, this what's before us, teach your children, allow faith in God's person to permeate every aspect of your life. And if this generation had been doing what they were supposed to be doing, right, the one standing in the synagogue, John chapter 6, then these, 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 this crowd would have been prepared for the Messiah standing before them. right. And if I was to give a challenge... And again, for the sake of time, and an application here, don't worry about doing. Don't worry about what you're going to do. Don't worry about what you can no longer do or what we can't do. Believe in Him. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that He is at the right hand of the Father. Even as we speak, all things are under His headship and will eventually be placed fully under His headship. Application two, faith in the Son of God is what moves mountains. That is what's going to span crisis. That is what's going to allow us to to rise up and and, and endure sufferings. Question. Where is your relationship with God? Is it awesome? Is your relationship with God awesome? Are you walking in the Spirit? Or is there something missing? Is there a phone call that you need to to make to to get help? Is there there a Bible study that that you, you, you need to get connected with? Are you right now doing what you are supposed to be doing? And that's your prayer life. That's your worship, praise, obedience. Teaching your children during one of the greatest opportunities that we've had um, in quite some time. In this situation in John chapter 6, this generation was not ready to meet the Messiah face to face. They weren't they were missing it. They didn't know he was the Son of God. They weren't even looking for him. And today, we have one responsibility in the days ahead. We have one responsibility. People need to know that Jesus is the Son of God. We can't miss that, especially as we look for his return. We look for that shout. We look for that, just listen for that trumpet, right? People need to know that Jesus is the Son. Of of God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank You that we know what our faith is grounded on. We thank You for our chief cornerstone, Lord. And I just pray that we would be in the Word. We would be quick to encourage over the phone, over, over whatever communication we're using, Lord, but uh, we're also bold. We're steadfast. Lord, in the days ahead, Lord, I pray that as, as people look to the church, Lord, and it's not just the building, Lord, it's, it's, your, it, it's your Believer's the invisible church. Lord, as they look to Christians, I pray that we speak your truth, we speak your gospel, we speak life into them. I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for what we're able to do. We just pray these things that you would guide us and uh, just keep us safe. In your precious name, amen.